Hello, and welcome to Pridecast, the official podcast of Pop Athletics. On today's episode, episode 13 of Pridecast, we are excited to be joined by head women's lacrosse coach Shannon Smith. Coach Smith is now in her fifth season here at Hofstra. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Pridecast. Today, we're happy to be joined by the head women's lacrosse coach here at Hofstra University, Shannon Smith. Welcome, coach. Thanks for having me. Now in your fifth year here at Hofstra University as the head coach, uh, how's everything going so far? It's going great. Hofstra is a, a great place to work. I uh, really love um, our coaching staff, the players on our team, but then also the other pro- sport programs that we have here and other head coaches. Uh, they've been really great to me, especially uh, watching me grow up throughout the past couple of years coaching here at Hofstra. have been great mentors. Speaking of growing up, you're a Long Island native, West Islip? West Babylon. I'm sorry, West Babylon. <laughs> I don't want to get anybody mad at me. Um, talk about that early on in your life, where you grew up, uh, and uh, what kind of molded you uh, as a sports uh, fan and somebody who plays sports. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, growing up, my family is very into sports. Um, I have a younger brother and a sister. Um, me and my brother are about two years apart, so we're really super competitive with one another growing up. Um, and then my dad's side of the family, um, everyone's from West Babylon. He has six siblings, and every single person's from West Babylon. And all of my cousins are from West Babylon as well. Huge athletic backgrounds, um, you know, and we hit every year. So. You know, there was one point in West Babylon when we were growing up, we had a person in kindergarten all the way up to a senior in high school. Um, and some people had double ages uh, as cousins. And, you know, it was really fun because it, you go to family parties and everyone was really super competitive with one another. And I think just growing up in my household, um, my parents really instilled in us uh, work ethic and really fighting for anything that you want. Nothing's really going to be given to you. Um, and my parents were really huge on academics. So, Growing up, um, we always played sports in the backyard with my dad. Uh, He never really pushed us into organized sports. It was something that we had to ask for. Um, And when I was growing up, I started playing uh, basketball. I played um, uh, soccer. And then I also played baseball. Um, I I played lacrosse really late in my career. Um, And growing up, we just, like, really fought really hard for everything. Me and my brother always played on our front lawn um, and had a lot of competitions with one another. And I played baseball all the way up until like sixth grade. Um, and then my dad told me that I had to stop playing because the boys were starting to get a little bit older. We were about to go into middle school and I wouldn't be able to play on the boys' baseball team. Um, so he gave me a couple of options. And uh, the first option was to play softball or the second option was to play lacrosse. And at that point, I had a lot of older cousins who played men's lacrosse. Um, and I used to throw the ball in the backyard around around with my dad um, and I decided to pick up the game of lacrosse and um, you know I was really excited about that Uh, but before I did that I kind of you know was a little stubborn um, and I wanted to play roller hockey and my dad was fine with it but my mom wasn't because it was a boys league and one of my cousins who's my age also played in it and I'll never forget when I was Um, When we pulled up for the first game, my mom made me get dressed in the car and made me put my hair up and then made me put the helmet on so no one would know I was a girl out there um, on the rink playing. And, you know, my dad would be like, Patty, stop. Don't let her do that. Let her be who she is. And, um, you know, I went out there and I I played. It was was definitely a lot of fun. Um, But then, you know, I chose the game of lacrosse and I played. I was a three-sport athlete all the way up throughout high school playing lacrosse, um, basketball, and, and soccer. And then also I played tennis as well. So it seems like you, you play pretty much every sport under the sun, no matter if it was organized or not. Uh, what drew you to lacrosse at, at that pivotal time in your life? 
Yeah, it's it's interesting. I think I was the type of kid growing up that, um, you know, our rule in our house was you got to come home, you got to do your homework before you can go outside and play. And I was the kid that come home, do my homework in elementary school, middle school, and then I was outside until it was dark out. Whether I was playing roll hockey um, in the street, I was playing kickball, I was playing wiffle ball, whatever sport was going on in the on, on our block that day, um, I was out there playing. And I think I was really lucky because there's a lot of kids my age growing up. Um, and then in middle school, all all those kids that I used to play with out in our front lawn um, played lacrosse and my cousins all played lacrosse so I think I was just drawn to it my uncles played um, my dad played and a lot of some of my friends started to play the game of lacrosse on my club soccer team a lot of them played so I picked it up I played and um, I fell in love with the sport and I'm so happy that I did but I'm also really happy that my parents never really forced me into playing anything um, and they allowed allowed me to decide on my own that I wanted to do it but I was also a very driven kid so once I fell in love with the sport um, I was that person that I just was so driven because uh, I wanted to be the best in it. So I would work really hard on it and put a lot of extra work in it. But that was the same way with basketball and soccer. I just love playing sports, and I and I always wanted to put, make sure I put the time in to get better at it. Obviously, like you just mentioned, you put an incredible amount of effort into your sports career. Uh, when was the point, though, in your life that you realized not only you enjoyed lacrosse, but you were probably better than average? <laughs> um, it's... Uh, I don't really know how I can answer that question. Um, I think, you know, growing up, uh, my parents were the type of people, academics first, but then, you know, after a game, if you didn't play well, they told you. They weren't going to sugarcoat it to you. So, um, you know, growing up, nothing was ever sugarcoated to us. So I think in high school, um, I think a really big changing point to me, when I was in ninth grade in high school, I tried out for the Long Island Empire um, girls lacrosse team now they don't have that anymore but it was the empire games and in the summer there was a lot of different teams it was uh the different regions in new york state um and then also on long island and every sport had its own team um and i tried out for it and and i had a pretty good i played up in seventh and eighth grade on varsity lacrosse and and i had pretty good seasons and i had a good season as a ninth grader and i tried out for uh the long island empire team and i got cut and I was not happy about it. And I was actually upset about it. And um, my dad was like, well, you didn't work hard enough for it. If this is something you want, you're really gonna have to put the extra work in. Um, and I think that was a huge changing point for me because I realized that um, you know, if, if you wanted to be great in something that you had to put the extra work in. And I think it made me hungry. Um, it made me hungry to go out there and, and to work hard. So I think, you know, I just love playing, playing the sport and my, I was really lucky that I had a brother and a father um, that would put the extra work in with me at the field and, and play wall ball and feed me the ball to shoot. And I think that was just one of the things that I always put a lot of extra time in and shooting, even if it was in the winter. Um, in our basement, my dad made a cage for us in the basement. It was a, it was a quilt. It was a, it was like a comforter that he put up on the wall, and we had like these soft lacrosse balls, and uh, he would toss us the balls, and we'd practice shooting with targets um, when I was younger, and it was something that, you know, when, when it was warmer out, we went outside and practiced, but it was one of those things that I really fell in love with the sport, and, um, you know, I really worked hard on it every day. You became a varsity player in the seventh grade. Uh, what was that? Do you recall that moment, like earning that spot on that team, and how special you realized being on the varsity at such a young age? Yeah, so one of our family friends, um, the Donahues, uh, their older daughters played lacrosse, and Carol Donahue um, was four year, was three years older than me, and um, her dad actually like encouraged me to go play in the youth league in, in sixth grade, and um, I guess you saw I was a, a pretty athletic and um, had talent, and um, in seventh grade I had to take like a 
physical fitness test by New York State to pass. And West Babylon, you know, we weren't like a, we didn't have a lot of kids that played the game of lacrosse. So, you know, I, I was fortunate enough that the varsity coaches at that time, Tom Kenny and Paul DiGiulio, um, you know, they saw that they needed some numbers and, and they pulled me up. And it just so happened that, you know, I was, I worked hard for the, for a spot to play. Um, but it was definitely really, it was, it was exciting and it was fun. Um, and I think over the years, West Babylon became known for lacrosse on the, on the girls' side. Um, and we definitely had a lot of great people who have graduated from our program um, from high school. We might not win Suffolk County championships every year, um, but we'll definitely get into the playoffs. And we always produce strong lacrosse players every year who do exceptionally well at the college game. Three-time All-American in high school, just staggering career numbers, 729 career points, 505 goals, 129 uh, goals in 2006. Uh, do you recall a season that was the most fun for you or one that you know you, you recall because uh, your teammates or otherwise in high school? Yeah, I, I got to give a shout-out to Alyssa Murray um, and, and Carol Donahue. Um, you probably recognize Alyssa Murray's name. Uh, she played at Syracuse and had a phenomenal career. Um, but they were great. They were great people to uh, feed the ball into the middle. And, you know, I think I was lucky enough that I played with such great players that we worked well with one another. Um, I think I think each year in high school was it was interesting. But I think, like, uh, my junior and senior years in high school were a lot of fun. Um and my sophomore, junior, and senior years were a lot of fun in high school. I think it was the, our team itself was getting a lot better, and we had some good lacrosse players. And then we were, and then, and then the those of us that played club lacrosse, we went out and recruited the best girl athletes in our high school. We recruited soccer players, we recruited basketball players, and we gave them sticks on the field to play. Um, I remember my junior and senior year. Um, my brother is two years younger than me, so a lot of his friends, his grade was really athletic, and they had a lot of um, athletic girls. And you know, we recruited uh, Jocelyn Dawson and, and Megan Nash. They were really athletic kids and they never touched a lacrosse stick but we threw gave them a lacrosse stick and we just asked them to play defense to stop the other opposing team's best players and, and they did such a great job with it so I think that was exciting because we had a lot of people that would buy into it um, and also we were making into the playoffs that year and we started to make our name a name for ourselves in our program um, and you know one of those years uh, we made it to the Suffolk County Championships so that was my senior year um, and it was really it was really fun and exciting and really rewarding for the girls for those of us that you know, this was a sport that we knew we were going to go play in college, but also rewarding for the community itself because West Babylon does have a lot of people that love sports and will go out and support the sport teams and for the players themselves um, who didn't really pick up the game, but kind of, you know, we gave them a stick and forced them to play a little bit who, who did well as well for us. We'll get more into your college career shortly, but so at some point during your uh, varsity era, at West Babylon, the recruitment of you begins. Do you remember when you, when it all started? Uh, how many letters you got? The schools that were the most uh, after you at that point. Do you, do you recall that time? I do. It was uh, it was definitely crazy, but very also rewarding, and um, you know just gotta realize that you're very lucky and blessed to be in that situation. Um, I, obviously, I think when I was around a sophomore, um, you know, people were starting to tell my dad. When I was, at, it was actually in ninth grade, you know, West Babylon, like I said, we were only starting to become a good lacrosse program. And people were telling my dad, oh, you gotta move your daughter into St. Anthony's. You gotta move your, or you gotta move your family into a more powerhouse lacrosse team on Long Island to help your daughter get recruited. And my dad was like, no, I'm gonna stay in West Babylon. This is where I grew up. This is where my kids are. I just can't move my family just for, my, for one kid. Um, you know, her play will 
speak for itself and it does if it doesn't it doesn't if it does it does um and then in 10th grade um, my dad was like all right i think we got to start thinking and talking about colleges a little bit um towards the end of that summer before i started my junior year and then september 1st it was um it was crazy um there was a lot of emails a lot of packages and mail sent in the mail um and a lot of people colleges that i had a call um and it was just really it, it was overwhelming um but it was also really exciting and it was just a process that you had to sit down with your family and decide did you want to go ivy league um did you want to go to the ACC or the Big Ten? Did you want to stay locally? Did you want to go across the country to like Stanford in California? Um, so it, it was a lot of choices and decisions that we had to make, um, but also like really exciting. I do remember that day, um, and you know it was it was exciting to see. And a lot of the letters were handwritten letters and personal, and you had to respond to those coaches, and you had to make decisions quickly because. Um, I, I did feel a lot of pressure right in the beginning of my junior year as soon as those letters started coming from the college coaches. Do, do you recall who your final three were or final five were? I, I do. Um, in the recruiting process, it came down to Northwestern, uh, Notre Dame, UNC, and Georgetown, and Duke. So now we move on to your college. Let's talk about the selection of Northwestern. Uh Arguably, that era of Northwestern is maybe the greatest era of women's lacrosse uh, in the history of the sport, just championship after championships. Well, what led you to make that selection, and uh, was that part of the selection process, knowing you are going to a program that was it, was at the height of the sport? So, well, going through the process, um, before we started it, uh, we picked a couple of schools that I really wanted to go visit and um, the first thing that my parents told me was you have to remember that you're going to go to each of these schools and each of these schools are going to have great things about them. They're going to have other athletic teams that are that are amazing. They're going to have um, they're going to have academics. Uh, what's their environment? Are they, you know, surrounded in a city? Or are they on the outskirts of the city? Or are they in the middle of nowhere? There's a lot of things that I had to look into. And was I going to fit in with the coaching staff and the team? Um, and I can remember all, all of my visits pretty vividly. And in the recruiting process, it really came down to Northwestern and Notre Dame. And uh, Notre Dame visit I, I fell in love with the school just like that the athletic standpoint of Notre Dame I was I went to a football game I met Brady Quinn I went to a ice hockey game um, you know and then at Northwestern it was I fell in love with that school as well um, the coaching staff Evanston is, is gorgeous uh, this the uh, campus itself is right on Lake Michigan they had great academics and then also the lacrosse program itself and you know when I went home my dad you know asked me you know, an important question of, all right, well, what team and program do you think you're going to fit into best? And started asking me questions like that. And, you know, because when I was talking about Notre Dame, I was falling in love with everything, everything about it. And I fell in love with the program too, but I was really drawn to the outside athletics because my dad knows how much of a sports fanatic I am. And he had to remind me that, you know, you're not just going, you're going to school for lacrosse and academics. You're not going to school to sit in the stands and support another athletic team. You're going there for your sport. And, um, I wound up choosing Northwestern. Uh, academically, um, I wanted to do something in business. They have a top three economics program in the country, and I was an economics major in college and a minor in business. Um, Kelly Monty Hiller is arguably one of the best coaches um, in, in the country in college athletics, and have an opportunity to play for her um, You know, is an opportunity that you really can't turn down. Uh, the city of Chicago is one of my favorite cities in, in, the, in the country. I've, I've been to San Francisco, San Diego. Um, I've been to Dallas and Austin and, you know, a couple of different ones.
ones in, in Chicago is definitely one of my favorites. Um, and the campus itself is gorgeous. And, you know, I was really fortunate that Northwestern at that point was also recruiting three of my other best friends off of Long Island in Lacey Vigmistad, Jess Russo, and um, Brianne Lamonto, which we also call Breezy. And to have an op- how many people get an opportunity to go to school with their best friends uh, and have everything else lined up with academics, um, the community, and then also the campus. So I wound up choosing Northwestern. Um, and my parents were, were definitely very supportive of that decision. Um, and I can definitely say that my dad um, never missed one of my college lacrosse games. He uh, went to every single one of my college lacrosse games with my grandpa. Um, and my mom, unfortunately, had to stay home with my younger brother and sister. But she always, um, either whether she didn't come to a lacrosse game, then she was watching it online or live on TV. He went to every one of your lacrosse, college lacrosse games? Uh, he went to every single one of my college lacrosse games, didn't miss one, and that's with um, my brother also playing in college. Um, he traveled to every single one. Um, I remember there was this one time, I don't remember what year I was in college, um, but our our um, game was being canceled. It was being called due to thunder and lightning, and my dad had to leave that night because he had to catch one of my brother's games, and he was already on a flight, and I had to text him saying that my game was going to be being played the following day, and he didn't think that was going to happen. Um, so he got in a car and drove uh, back to Chicago so he could make the game. Um, so he, he he was an incredible supporter of me throughout my whole entire uh, uh, life, um, and, and so was my mom. And, my, yeah, my dad, he didn't miss one game. That's that's incredible. So your freshman year, 2009 at uh, Northwestern, decent year, huh? 23-0 for the Wildcats, a national title. Uh, just your thoughts on a, entering college, and I, I, I guess your wildest dreams, it probably eclipsed it, right? For sure. Um, you know, I'll, I'll never forget that, that team that year. Uh, we had a lot of tremendous um, – seniors on the team with great senior leadership that, that roster is really like a who's who of women's lacrosse isn't it it it, it is um it is and so when you're going in there you kind of knew you had an uphill battle if you wanted to find playing time you were just lucky enough to be on the team and to be playing every day at practice with these uh with these faces i mean hannah nielsen meredith frank um megan plunkett morgan lanthrop um you know just phenomenal players and and leaders so you're really lucky and i actually came in my freshman year with an ankle injury i tore um all my ligaments in my ankle my senior year in high school and so i came with in with an injury that year rehabbing it and the coaching staff and the athletic trainers uh, there were absolutely amazing in making sure that I had everything that I needed to get myself healthy and that year um, I was very fortunate enough to to run midfield um, and to play as a freshman and to be put into some um, really important roles um, along with some other freshmen in my class and you know, at that point, we did take we did take some starting spots from some juniors and seniors. And there's just one thing I can remember about that team that no one cared. Everyone just supported one another, and everyone just wanted what was in the best interest of the team. And that's something that I will never, I will always remember from that year and from that team and from those seniors, um, because it was something that we always made sure that we, you know implemented and you know made sure we talked about with other classes that came in at the end of the day it's always in the best interest of the team and and not for one person individually so I was very fortunate and lucky and you know I'll never forget um, May of that year we were going uh, we just got uh, we just got seeded into the NCAA tournament and um, you know Alex Frank and I ran midfield and we ran it with um, her her sister um, Meredith Frank and sometimes Katrina Dowd 
Uh, but at that point, Katrina went down to attack because we had an injury. So it was Meredith Frank, Alex Frank, and myself running midfield. Um, and they logged, we logged a lot of minutes. And, you know, before the NCAA tournament, uh, Kelly called Alex and I to the side. And here I am. We were in tremendous shape. We were. And uh, she looked at us and goes, um, you know, I think you guys need to start doing some extra running outside of practice. Um, and this is us in the month of May going into the tournament. And Alex and I looked at each other. We're like, seriously? She goes, yeah, I think you just need to get in a little bit better shape. Um, we got a game coming up this weekend, and we're going to have a couple more games. So you guys have to really uh, work on it a little bit. And, uh, you know, so we did it. We, we listened to her, and, and it definitely paid off because that year – um, it was a special year. Uh, Kelly also lost her, her father in the middle of our season. Um, so it was definitely a special year for the team and because we knew how close she was with her father. And that year, that semifinal game, we played uh, Penn. Just about to ask you about that. Yeah, so, sorry. That, 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 um, that semifinal game, we played Penn, and we were winning. And um, Penn came back on us, and so we had to go into overtime. And... Um, I'll never forget in, in um, it was two three-minute periods, so it's not sudden death, and um, Penn scored a goal on us early in the first in the first period, and with about 20 seconds left, we were taking a draw. Uh, Danielle Spencer won the draw. She passed it up the field to Hannah Nielsen, who passed it up the field to um, Katrina Dowd. Uh, there was a shot that hit off the pipe, off the goalie stick. Alex Frank was right there in the middle. She batted the ball down, and Katrina, behind the goal line extended, did some diving shot into the cage. And um, it was, it was tr- truly remarkable. And I'm, and I'm sure, you know, Kelly's father was overlooked, was uh, looking down on us at that point in our in the game. And then, you know, we're at, we're at, we are at halftime now, and we're going into Penn wins the ball. Penn calls timeout. And we're sitting in the timeout, and, and our coaches are in front of us discussing what they're going to do. And um, Lacey Vigmanstad also started on defense. And uh, Lacey was like, well, I have an idea. And now this is a freshman, uh, her first Final Four. Our team is undefeated at this point. I believe our seniors on the team might have only lost one or two games in their career. And, and they already have three national championships. And here's a freshman in the back of the huddle raising her hand saying, I, ha- I have an idea. And uh, Kelly and Scotty were like, all right, Lacey, Lacey, what's your idea? And she goes, well, I think we should face guard Allie DeLuca. They're, they're running everything through her, and, and she's really killing us right now on the offensive side of the field. And this was Penn's big player. Um, and, and they liked the idea, and uh, we went out, and we face guarded her, and we got a turnover, and we came down, and, and we scored the, the goal, um, the go-ahead goal in that, in that second half. But I think um, there was a couple of things that I learned in that huddle was, one, um, trusting your players at certain points. Obviously, you're the coach, and you're going to make your decisions, but at, that, at some point, you got to trust your players a little bit because they're out there on the field playing. So that's one thing I always taken away. And, and at that point, Kelly never showed that she was in a panic mode. She never yelled at us. She was very calm, cool, and collective in that huddle the whole time, even though we gave away that lead. And it was really, um, it was really important timeout and huddle. And she was always calm and, and listened to Lacey, what she had to say. And, and the team was behind it. And so was our senior goalkeeper. And that was the decision that we made. So I'll, I will never forget that game. Uh, what was it about Penn that season? You every game was a blowout except for two. Every single game you're twenty three and 21 games were almost ten goal differentials. Penn you played Penn twice. One was an eleven nine win. The other one was an overtime victory. Uh, they matched up well with you guys. I guess what what happened that season with them? 
Penn was a really good lacrosse team, um, very well coached, and they were solid defensively. Um, I just think that they their defense was really aggressive. Um, they were able to communicate well with one another, um, and they matched up well against us. And offensively, they had some scoring weapons um, that just somehow um, they always you know were able to to put some goals in the back of the cage. And it was always a really hard fought game. Is I remember coming into my freshman year, um, I would say Penn was a big rival for for Northwestern leading into that year and during that year Penn was a big rival um, for that senior class too They because they had a dominant senior class as well Penn so it was something that we walked into and we really cherished and we enjoyed every moment of it. Uh, one more question about your freshman year March 12th 2009 do, do you recall your uh, statistics? <laughs> I do not at all I don't even know who we played. Uh, you played your future employer Hofstra University once <laughs> once in your playing career at Northwestern on March 12th uh, you had three goals against the Pride, on, uh, and obviously a victory. You went undefeated that season. So uh, you and Seth both have had hat tricks against Hofstra University in your <laughs> playing career. He he did not recall his hat trick either against <laughs> against Hofstra. Well, he, he's a little bit older than me, so uh, you know I'm sure his memory doesn't go back that far. But I, I guess my age is showing on me now too. The one thing I w- think I will remember about that game was that game was cold. It was really, really cold. Um, I, I was there. I remember it, too. It was freezing. And it, and the funny story about this game is I will never forget this. We had heaters on the sidelines. And I remember our coaches turning to us and going, do not put your sticks close to the heaters because they will melt. Or don't put, like, your gloves too close because everything will melt. And, uh, of course, you know, uh, as a freshman through one year and out the other, you were paying attention but not really paying attention and you were focusing on the game. And there was um, right before the game, I was grabbing water and I put my stick too close to the heater and, and my stick melted a little bit. I will never forget that. So I had a, um, we had to change that around, but I will, I will never forget that. That was definitely during the Hofstra game. That's good memory from uh, <laughs> eight years ago now. Uh, so your career at Northwestern, your team compiles an un unbelievable 85 and 6 record three national titles culminating with a national title played on long island your senior year uh just talk about the overall looking back playing at a program where you were able to win three national titles and then like i said winning the final one here on long island it it's hard to really put into words um now thinking about it right now it it is really a remarkable run um and i think looking back on it, you really have to realize how lucky you were and how hard you had to work for that. Um, Sometimes I think, you know, being involved in in coaching now and even coaching younger kids um, in in youth in in high school, um, a lot of people think it's easy to win a national championship. A lot of people think it's easy to play college athletics, and it's not. It's a lot of hard work, Um, and I've learned a lot about myself in those four years in college and, and um, you know, I had incredible teammates, incredible, incredible leaders, and I made incredible friendships that will last a lifetime. Um, you know, and you don't really remember so much of those games. Um, you know, listening to our record of 85 and 6, I can probably tell you all six losses that we had um, because I will re- always remember those like the back of my hand. Um, and I can tell you those national championships that we won. But more importantly, I can tell you the best times that we had in, in the hotel rooms or, you know, traveling or hanging out with your teammates. You'll always remember those memories. Those are th- memories that you'll never get back. And those four years in college are, are years that you always want to relive because you know, you live with your best friends, you're, you live with a family, you live with seven or eight girls, and 
you will never get that back in your life. You'll never live with seven and eight people of your best friends again. You'll never go through anything that you went through again in those four years. And I think Kelly really um, molded you as a person to be successful in any area of life that you choose. Um, just with the mindset that she has and all the characteristics and all the challenges and adversity that you had to go through at Northwestern, um, it prepared you for anything in life. Uh, arguably the maybe the best season of your career was your junior year. Uh, Twarton Award winner, Honda Lacrosse Award winner, uh, NCAA championship MVP twice in your career. Uh, what's it like to be on the stage for the Twarton Award and realizing that they are recognizing you as the best player in the nation? Uh, it was... Um... It was definitely breathtaking um, and an unbelievable experience. Never, never thought that that would ever happen, and, and just extremely lucky and and really lucky that my coaches wanted me at Northwestern, and lucky that they gave me the opportunity that they did to play, and and you know at the end of the day, thankful to play on the teams of the teammates that I did. Uh, I wouldn't be in the position I was at Northwestern with the career that I had if it wasn't for my teammates throughout my four years there at Northwestern um, and the coaching staff. They were always supportive uh, through your ups and downs and you know, my teammates came to came to Washington D.C. for that moment, and um, you know, just more thankful for anything for for them because we wouldn't have been in that moment. And my junior year was definitely something that um, I really enjoyed. Um, I, we lost my sophomore year in the national championship at Towson to to Maryland in the national championship, and that loss really stung. Um, we were up by five to seven goals, I want to say, on Maryland, and. Um, we took our foot off the gas pedal, and Maryland came back on a comeback on us and, and won the national championship that year, and that stung hard. It stung hard because you didn't want to see your seniors in the locker room that year ending their career that way. Um, it was the first time that a team at Northwestern's ended their career losing a national championship. Uh, and that year, you know, you, you get questions of why did your team lose? Why did what happened? And you see all the magazine articles, and I'll never forget um, – I, I took that U.S. Lacrosse page magazine of, of Maryland celebrating it, and uh, I posted it on my in my house, and my parents were like, what are you doing? And I said, well, this is never going to happen again for the next two years that I'm in college lacrosse for. And uh, my dad knew I was serious, and my mom always laughed and was like, you need to you need to relax. Like, you got to enjoy yourself, too. And, and I did. I definitely did. And um, we went to college, and that thing, that thing hung up in, on, in our house. It hung up in, in my room, and it was a feeling that we never wanted to feel again and collectively for that team my junior year we were out on a mission and that mission was to win a national championship and nothing was going to stop us um, and I think that in the middle of that year we had two losses to Johns Hopkins and uh, Florida in the same weekend Florida was on a Friday and Johns Hopkins was on a Sunday and I think that was the biggest turning point in our season because we weren't playing that well I think we were taking things for granted and um, we needed a little bit of a wake-up call, and um, we got one. And um, from there, our team became tighter, we became closer, and we really fought hard. And it was really fun um, to then go to Long Island my junior year uh, to Stony Brook and to win a national championship in, in front of all of our friends and family and to show everyone that our hard work paid off and that we were a good lacrosse team and, and we had some great players on our team. And I will say that I think I can sit here and say that Maryland was probably – a better lacrosse team than us. They had more, they had, they were from top to bottom, bottom to top, they were a very talented lacrosse team. And um, 
that game was something that was just it was an, it was an incredible game against Maryland that year. Both games, your junior year, were one goal games in the semifinals and championship game. Uh, that season saw you score. 86 goals, 42 assists for 128 points. Just uh, absurd numbers. Obviously, your, your career numbers at Northwestern are obviously 254 goals. Uh, so May 27th of 2012, you're now a senior in college at Northwestern. You win your third national title. You beat Syracuse 8-6. to six. Uh, So now you're t- it's time for the next step in your life. Uh, I-, I know the story. Can you tell people – so? What is the ne- what in your mind was the next step in your life before the Hofstra step occurred? <laughs> that was a good question. It's the same question my parents were asking me. Um, I when I graduated Northwestern, I didn't graduate until the end of uh, the middle of June uh, because Northwestern is a trimester school. So when we were always playing our national championships, we were still in school taking finals. Um, we always had to come back and take finals in the beginning of that June. So I graduated. Um, and my family, uh, my parents, you know, started a club lacrosse team about two years ago. So we had that going for us on Long Island. And I think the the plan was for me to always come back and to direct it and um, possibly maybe become a, t- a high school teacher on Long Island. I really loved math. I almost double, double majored in math. I actually needed like two or three more classes. And it just became so abstract that I, I pulled out of the double major and just did economics and, and, and business. Um, I had an opportunity to work at Barclays in, in Chicago. Um, I turned that down in New York. I didn't really want to do that. Um, wasn't really sure about college coaching. Um, I wasn't. And uh, my parent, my dad always asked me about it and I wasn't sure. He knew I loved coaching. I just wasn't sure what I wanted to do at that level. I wasn't really sure about anything. I just really wanted to decompress after I just graduated from Northwestern throughout those four years and just, it just decompressed after it and really let it sink in of everything that just happened in those four years because it was an incredible run. It was an incredible career. It was an incredible journey over those four years with incredible friends. Um, so what happened was um, in the beginning of July, um, I was up at Syracuse. I was coaching a club lacrosse tournament up at Syracuse. Um, and that year, Katrina Dowd, who was um, one of my teammates at Northwestern um, for two years, um, was the assistant coach at Syracuse at that point. And at that point, uh, Jen Cook, who is the UNC assistant coach, just took an assistant job at Princeton. And Katrina loves UNC and, and loves UNC athletics. And at um, you know, so I was like, oh, maybe Katrina's going to go to UNC. Wasn't really sure. And on the sidelines of one of my games, Gary Gate pulled up to me in a golf cart. And he asked me to get in the golf cart. He drove me around. And he was like, I would like to offer you the coaching position at Syracuse. Katrina's going to be leaving um, to go to UNC. No one knows that yet, but it's going to be announced. And I would like you to take the assistant coaching position at Syracuse. So that was 180 degrees, like, wow whoa um did not see that coming at all and um that night um I was in the hotel and I was talking to my dad my brother uh, and I was also talking to Jackie Pandoff who's an alumni here at Hofstra and, and was an incredible goalkeeper and um you know we played club lacrosse growing up with one another and and I was talking about the opportunity that Gary gave and how I had to go to Syracuse the next day to look up at Syracuse 
And, um, you know, Jackie jokingly was like, you know, why don't you coach at Hofstra? I don't think they have a coaching staff right now. And I was like, you know, I don't know if I want a college coach. I, I, I Let me look into this. And when I was speaking with Gary and walking around Syracuse, it kind of hit me that I did want a college coach. And um, so uh, I told Gary I didn't want to go to Syracuse. I wanted to live at home. I wanted to be on Long Island. I was away away from my family for too much. I missed too much going on in, in my cousin's lives and in my family's lives. I wanted to come back home. Later that week, Amy Patton called me from Dartmouth and asked me if I wanted to coach up there. And um, I didn't. And, and just because I wanted to be home. And so uh, I came to Hofstra, uh, seeing if Hofstra had um, any graduate assistant position so I can go and get my grad school degree um, and still maybe either in finance or, or teaching on Long Island, get my teaching degree in math or physical education. And uh, they didn't have any coaches yet. And, um, you know, wound up talking to Seth, you know, knew Seth through a, a family friend and, talking to Seth he called me on my phone I heard you were here and then you know I think it just slowly spiraled down from there um and um former assistant athletic director Danny uh, McCabe uh called me and um I had lunch with him uh breakfast with him down at the Colonial Diner down the street here on Hempstead Turnpike and um I went prepared to the meeting. I wasn't, I was, there's this one thing in myself. I'm always going to come prepared and, and be ready for anything. So I did my research on the women's lacrosse program. I did my research on Hofstra's, on Hofstra's, Hofstra University. And uh, he did ask me questions and I had the answers to them. And um, slowly from there, um, you know, I was, you know, I talked about the program and what I thought this program could do and um, not really realizing what was happening. And then, I had I had a meeting with uh, Cindy Lewis and and Jeff Hathaway, and then I, I realized what was happening, and I realized that uh, you know I was being interviewed, for, you know, for the head head women's lacrosse coaching job, and and I believed that I could do it. I knew I was young, but I I knew that I could coach, and I knew that I had enough of a background financial finance wise to be able to run a budget and and handle that. You know, it was just going to be weird because you never was a head coach before. You never were an assistant coach before. So there's a lot of ins and outs that you don't know. Was a was a two-time captain at Northwestern? Yeah, but being a captain on a team and dealing with your peers is a lot different than sitting on the other side of it and having to be, you know, the puppet player, the master, trying to put the pieces of the puzzle together. It's a lot different from when you're a player. So that's kind of how that process went. Um, a little crazy, but uh, extremely thankful for it. And I truly believe everything happens in a life for a reason. And I honestly hit a grand slam, and, and I am so thankful for it, and I couldn't picture myself doing anything else in my life. Just a real, I mean, surreal summer, is that the good word, to uh, win a national title, graduate from college, and then a month or two later get offered a head coaching job at a Division One level. Um, obviously, the sport has a lot of younger coaches involved with it. Uh, was there any part of trepidation on your part because of your age at the initial part, or was you just were confident enough in your ability that you could do this job? I was confident enough in my ability to be able to do it, and maybe that was me naively going into it. Um, and you know, surreal, like you said, you were just at that point. I was coming off a national championship, coming off of everything I went through at Northwestern into this going on now. That you didn't really have a, a moment to sit down and think about any of it, and um, I think that. 
in my first two, three years, and even now, every day you're learning something new about it. Every day, you know, something else comes up and you're learning something new. And, you know, it's it, I'm very fortunate and lucky that Seth Tierney is about uh, 10 steps down from my office because he's been a tremendous mentor throughout my whole entire career here. Any question that I have or anything that I need, his door is always open. Um, and, you know, everyone else here at Hofstra as well has been, you know, truly truly helpful and always um you know always there if they need anything uh jr tinian ha has been has been great stephen gorchoff you know he, he you're right here right now you've been tremendous and even with the rough paths patches or ups and downs everyone is always here uh to support you and i i can't i'm blessed and i'm very thankful to be in this position that i am so now 2017 you're in your fifth year uh just it's been incredible and uh like you said there's been some great ups and some downs but uh it's been a successful five-year run for your program here uh, let's talk let's finish up now with a couple uh questions uh you've talked about her before kelly amante hiller your coach in college and obviously some of you i'm sure rely on greatly too in your coaching career just talk about the influence she's had on your career and then i have a second question as it relates to her yeah, Kelly. Kelly is. Uh, you learn a lot from Kelly. Um, you know, in, in in your rights, she's she's a, a great mentor as well. And you know, um, you know, you can you reach out to her when you need to. Um, and and it's you know, when you're four years there, she's very attentive to detail. Um, very detailed oriented person on game plans, practices. Everything is very regimented. Um, and there's a system out there. And when you get there, you're going to go into the system and you're going to buy into it and, and you're going to move forward in it. And um, it, it's wor it works out there. And, um, you know, she really develops you to have characteristics and a mindset to be successful in anything. And it's it's hard to explain, but I guarantee if you go to any single one of uh, alumni who has gone through this program, they would understand what I'm saying. Um, people might not understand unless you go through it because you're sitting here, well, how does she give you a mindset? And it's hard to explain. It's just one of those things that you deal with challenges, you deal with adversity, different things that you got to go through. Like you, she just sets you up to be mentally tough and prepared for anything that you're going to face in life to be able to get yourself through it. And uh, another thing I've noticed about her, quite a few of her former players have become coaches. Uh, was there something that uh, she instilled on some of you that made you want to become coaches? Or is it just kind of the uh, growth of the program where many of these players have become co college coaches? Honestly, I just think you do want to become coaches because you see how much um – you know, Kelly loves and enjoys coaching, but I also think it's like a lot of the people who have come through Northwestern's program love the game of lacrosse and were lacrosse rats. I think that she recruited a lot of lacrosse rats who love the game of lacrosse and really wanted to, you know, give back to the game of lacrosse the way the game of lacrosse gave them. You know, I think that's for me, like the game of lacrosse has given me so much, so much. I can't, couldn't imagine the game, my life without it. Um, but you know, with everything that the game gave me, I want to be able to give that the same thing to other people. Last couple questions here, Coach. Uh, Friends of Jacqueline Foundation, it's something that dear to your heart, I'm sure. And uh, this year it's become even closer to Hofstra's heart as well. Can you talk about the, your initial association with it real quick and then uh, what this year's uh, association means? Definitely. Uh, Jacqueline Murphy, um, at a very young age, was diagnosed with a brain tumor. Um, and, and her survival rates were very low. 
Um, and before I got to Northwestern, um, when she was in Sloan Kettering, she was going strong, uh, in a wheelchair going down the hall with, with her dad. And, you know, she did play the game of lacrosse, and she saw a picture on the wall, and the picture on the wall was of Kelly Amati Hiller in her Maryland jersey. And she was like, Dad, I'm going to be able to play like that one day. And and it's funny because then a a coach at up at Yorktown knew the uh, Kelly and her Scott Hillier, and they reached out and asked that they could send some autographs and some clothing from the girls to this to this young girl. And they once the Jacqueline and her dad Dennis realized it was still it was Kelly was the person that they saw on the wall. And it just um, the girls at Northwestern of those teams really uh, took Jacqueline in as part of their family, and um, it gave Jacqueline a lot of life and a lot of support and a lot of strength to fight through everything that she was fighting through within her within her treatments. And I had an opportunity to meet Jacqueline um, when I was a junior in high school. So I've known Jacqueline now since I was a junior in high school. So that's that's a that's a very very long long time. I've probably known her for over ten years now, and um, you know I am happy to say to now that she is she is clear of of off of her scan. She gets has to get scans every year, but she is clear of it. And they made the Friends of Jacqueline Foundation where they pair up um, kids with brain tumors to athletic teams in any sport, um, in any division, and even high school teams because it gives the family and then the kids some hope and some happiness and other things to and some strength and not always worrying about what they're going through. They're able to be surrounded by these by these you know by these athletes to give them joy and happiness happiness and it's pretty incredible and this year when I got hired here at Hofstra I always told Jacqueline and Dennis that we needed uh we needed to be part of the Friends of Jacqueline Foundation and uh this year they found um two little girls for us uh Emma Emma and Morgan and we're really excited to have them part of our team and, and part of our program and um you know they're they're really special to us and near and dear to our heart uh, and lastly you talked about your family and how important they are to you and uh obviously uh just talk about the influence your parents especially have had on you and your and your siblings. Uh, and then the same question, your family started the a club lacrosse program. How important has the growth of that been for somebody who dearly loves the sport? Definitely. Uh, my parents and, and my siblings have been very, very supportive of me from day one. Um, I'm probably as competitive as I am because of, of my brother. Um, we were we would always go at it with one another um and even my dad when i was younger and we would play one-on-one basketball in the front in the front yard um he wouldn't let you win you would lose every time you had to earn to win and i think that's where i get my fight from um is he was he that's who he was he was never going to give you anything and i thank him for that because it gives me a little a lot of fight a lot of a lot of competitiveness um and my dad knew how bad I wanted it, and he was always there to help me no matter what and always giving me new ideas and always studying the game of lacrosse and, and you know, helping me with different things even when I was in college when I was home for the summer. Um, and my mom, I, I get my strength from my mom. My mom's an incredibly strong woman um, and extremely smart. Um, and, you know, growing up, I feel like a girl always butts heads with their mom when they're growing up, and, and we definitely have had our fair share. And... You know, but I, I love my mom and, and I get my strength from her. And um, even my mom, if my dad wasn't home, my mom would go outside. If I was shooting basketball, she would she would rebound the ball to me and, and pass it to me for the next shot. And I would th- I would put her in the backyard to catch the balls to or th- throw me balls when I was shooting. Um, and they were always there no matter what. And you know, my mom always laughs at me. I came home one day. I'll never forget this. I came home one day when I was um, 
I, one year out of college, I was coaching here at Hofstra, and I was like, I'm going to run the marathon. I came home in August, and I said that, and um, I was like, no, you're not. Stop it. And uh, my dad's sitting on the couch laughing because he knows once I say something, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to change my mind. I'm going to put my mind to it. I'm going to do it um, and, until I get it done and do it how I like it. And uh, sure enough, I ran the marathon that, that November. So um, it's just funny, and I'm very lucky that I had parents that um, supported me and gave me everything that I needed to be successful and were always there and told you the truth if you weren't doing something well and and gave you a pat on the back when you were um and my brother and my sister um I'm sure they were always you know always there to support my poor sister was always being dragged to lacrosse field to lacrosse field if it wasn't for me it was for my brother um but she was there she loves the sport and uh she's one of our biggest supporters and, and my brother um always there for me you know we always we fought a lot when we were younger and, and we'll still bicker with one another but um you know I'm very lucky that I grew up with him because he definitely pushed me every single day and even if he told me I wasn't good in something you know I would keep that inside of me and back of my head just to go out there and prove him wrong that I was good in and um, you know I'm thankful for the four of them and, and thankful for my aunts and my uncles my cousins everyone because they all really supported me throughout my career and my life and still do well coach thank you for joining us today on Pridecast the official podcast of Hofstra Athletics and we'll be back with the Pride 5 alright sounds great I'm ready and we're back with the Pride 5 with head women's lacrosse coach Shannon Smith coach just five quick questions you can you know, you don't have to, they don't have to be one-word answers, but they don't have to be long answers if you don't want. Uh, your favorite sports team? Uh, Giants, Mets, Rangers. I can't pick one, but if I had to pick one, it would be the Giants. Okay. Uh, favorite food? Uh, steak and lobster dinner. Wow. You, you, you seem like you're ready for these questions. <laughs> uh, the biggest influence on you as a person? I would have to say, I, I can't just say one. I have to say both my mom and my dad. It's quite all right. Uh, favorite vacation spot? Um, I, don't, I don't have a specific favorite vacation spot, but I do want to go to Hawaii, Aruba, and I really want to go to Salt Lake City, Utah in the winter. Uh, favorite... Uh, mus- musical group uh, anything country I love country and then uh, I actually chose one more so it's really the pride six today Okay. the best player you played with ever did I stump you you did stump me <laughs> there's a lot um, best play- player I- I- I've ever played with um there's gonna be two. There's gonna be two of them. Okay, I would have to say the best player that I played with um, would have to be Hannah Nielsen, my freshman year. Uh, just an incredible leader and and a person on the field that I learned a lot from. And then um, my sophomore, junior, and senior year, I'm going to have to say uh, Taylor Thornton. Um, for the pure fact that we battled against each other every single day at practice um, and we didn't shy away from one another to make each other better so we were always prepared for games. Well, Coach, thank you so much for joining us today on Pridecast. Uh, We hope you enjoyed it and uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. That concludes episode 13 of Pridecast, the official podcast of Hofstra Athletics. 
We once again want to thank head women's cross coach Shannon Smith for being our guest today. Upcoming in Hofstra Pride Athletics includes the tennis teams at the Colonial Athletic Association Championship, men's golf at the Colonial Athletic Association Championship, baseball hosting UNC Wilmington this weekend here at University Field, women's lacrosse a split weekend, home against William & Mary on Friday and at Elon on Sunday. Men's lacrosse will host UMass on Saturday, and the weekend concludes with more golf, tennis, and baseball, and the softball team has a home conference weekend against Elon this weekend at Bill Edwards Stadium. Thanks once again for listening, and go pro.